Welcome to the Freud's Angels podcast, where two highly intuitive women dig into everyday problems using our connection to the divine, psychology, and energy work. We support you in your self-awareness, growth, and aid you in your shadow work. Now we're your hosts. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Grace. Let's get into the show. Hey, hey, angels. Welcome to episode 104 of the Florence Ooh. Angels podcast. Yeah, I like getting into the hundreds. It feels yeah. good. <laughs> um, we're so glad that you're back with us today. Um, and I'm kind of uh, feeling the topic that we're that we're going to talk about today, like feeling it, feeling it. So um, yeah, here we go. What is yeah. it that we're going to talk about, Grace? <laughs> Well, first of all, welcome back. We're back to regularly recording now. We're back to a groove. We're getting back to with the bands getting back together. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are so super excited because you know we took we took time off over the summer on purpose so that you can live your life and we can figure out our life <laughs> in whatever way that is, but. I I love that we're coming back. It's fall. We're getting back into that rhythm again, supporting each other. Now that we both kind of have time away to figure out our own brands, what we're doing individually, how we're taking that and bringing it together into Freud's Angels, not as two people coming together, but as two specific brands, bringing you a lot of wealth of information, heart-centered things, um, ideas, Mm -hmm. concepts, just things that each of us bring to the world on our own and bringing it here, making Ford's Angels not only what we wanted it to be, but like a more dynamic place for people to go. And Mm -hmm. some of the things before we talk about the topic, I want to highlight here. Um, Vanessa has been doing some online groups. She has a list of groups that she's doing online, support groups, um, one of them, are you, aren't you doing a spiritual support group? Like I am kind a of working connection your, group. Yeah. Working with your intuition, you're getting your own vibe and knowing your own, um, you know, your own way of connecting. And I think that that's amazing. More of that is needed in this world. And it's ironic because if you think the person who would have done some sort of spiritual connectivity group <laughs> in the beginning, everybody would have guessed it would have been me, but no, it's Vanessa. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's awesome. So, so talk about some of the groups that you're doing. I I would really, I really want to highlight some of the work you're doing because you have made some huge shifts into stepping into your own power, stepping into what you love to do, taking some risks, but at the same time, knowing that it's coming from your heart and it's coming from a place of this is what I love to do. And this is how I'm best at serving. Yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, even just branching out and doing it was, it was kind of a a space of just like, well, you need to figure it out. And sometimes you figure it out by doing it, you know, and, and that you can't possibly go through the scenario in your head and then make a decision. You've got to just do it. And if it doesn't align, then you're done with that, that whole entire path. You don't even have to do it. You don't, and it's now not taking up any mental space. So I had to get into that mindset of like, just throw the spaghetti at the wall, man, like all of it. And what sticks will be great. And what doesn't stick, it's great also, because now you don't have to worry about that like anymore. Um, so yeah, like the, the spirit connection group, I was, sur- I'm surprised at that one being the one that has grown the fastest. I absolutely figured that. Um, I, and what I did was I, I dropped in, in my head and I said, well, what are some things that I know are easy for me, like to present information on what are, what are the things that are easy for me to support um and it was uh you know moms i've got a mama soul support meets on saturday mornings um and i have an infertility and loss support group that has yet to meet <laughs> um and i have the spirit connection group that you know it was kind of like i had been in in a group with somebody and they met on Friday nights at eight o'clock. And I was like, listen, my spirit connection is fuzzy at best by 
five o'clock on Fridays. I had so much difficulty dropping in and being like, it's like, cause I button up my day after my last client and, and, and just getting back into it was too much. So I said, well, what if I did one during the day? Then I asked her, I said, is that weird for you? If I did that? And she was like, absolutely not. I'm sure that there are people that will do that. And uh, yeah, it turns out, (laughs) it turns out there's a lot of people that want to do it during the day, but also it's, the way that I'm doing it, the whole point of it was more of that support versus just practice because we do go in there and practice, but we sit and we talk about like ourselves and we talk about how we feel about what we're doing. And and it, it is like the counseling mixed in there and not just, you know, Hey, we're here to practice and get good at this. It's, it's like some of that emotional stuff too. So it's kind of like, Oh, that wasn't the one I thought would grow. I definitely thought it would, the mom group I thought was going to be like, blow me out of the water. I'll have to create a second one. And that one's struggling. <laughs> that, one, that, one, that one's struggling. People are getting their money's worth on that one because it's like one on three at that yeah. point. <laughs> so, but yeah, th- thank you for wanting to to highlight that kind of stuff because it is, I felt like, there's so many talents that all of us have truly, if we really think about it, but not all of them we want to do like really. And that's what I had to do is just, well, how about this? And if it catches fire, it catches fire. And if it doesn't, it's fine. It can just sit there. And it really has been a freeing experience, but also very rewarding, you know, to be able to um, open up to a group space. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so pumped and super happy that, you know, you stepped into the, you thought, okay, I loved the group work that I used to do. And let's, let's just, let's see what happens. Let's, and I'm so thrilled that it ended up being the spiritual one that everybody (laughs) is like, yes, because I do think, I do feel that in this world, and I've often wondered how I can support people who are baby spiritual, you know, on their spiritual paths. And they're like little babies in the woods because they're like, I don't know what I'm doing, but here I am, you know, that kind of feeling of, wanting to do it more, but not having the avenue to practice. And everybody around you is kind of like, you do what with what? Like talking about crystals, we're doing talking about mineral spirits in class the other day and how we can merge and connect with our crystals. And I I, I was thinking in my head, I'm like, if my family heard me talking (laughs) right now, they would think I would, I have lost the plot. And, (laughs) but you know, not so, you know, it's, it's the idea of just giving them a safe space to explore their fears, their triumphs, their practice. You know, that's amazing. And I applaud that because people are there. They are more and more coming to that space of learning who they are in the world and learning that they have intuitive gifts and, and, you know, where do you go? There's no real, you know, how to hone your intuitive gifts and like three easy steps, like school or something like there's no Hogwarts for us spiritualists. Right. So, you know, it's right. At the same time, that's, I mean, I feel that that steps you into a greater form of your power and stepping you stepping into your power and being that for others. I always feel the best way to hone our own skills is to teach it to others. Yeah. Yeah. Because then we get a really different indication of how our magic works. Yeah. And, and it shows people that it's okay to just be, to just show up and yeah. be who you are. Because I think, you know, that's, that's what most of the, most of the people that are coming to the group. And there are some people that are a little more seasoned, you know, and are, and are, um, you know, just kind of maybe struggling with the mental side of it. You know, they're where they're like, they're pretty solid in their gifts, but they're still having trouble like stepping out into the world with them and and, and being able to be like, here's the word that you're going to use when it comes to me. But there's so many people that show up and they're just like, like last week I had somebody show up and she's like, I lost my son and I can still hear my son. And it's so weird. And she's like, and, and, and it makes me wonder, you know, like if I can do that, like, where is that coming from? And, you know, I got goosebumps just talking about it because we were all like, you know, everybody in the group was like, yay. Like the reason why it happened was because the only person you'd listen to would be your son. <laughs> you know, like that was yes. the only way that you could understand this connection. And like, just those kind of conversations that you don't get when you, when you decide to do this work, like, and, and this is what happened with me. I said, I was like, 
okay, but there's so much more than, you know, like there's so much mental stuff going on with me, like that. I can't just show up sometimes. Like I'm showing up with fear and I'm showing up with like an inability to, to handle if I'm, if I don't feel like I'm on, or if I get negative feedback or, you know, that kind of stuff, I need, need to be able to do that in a safe space. And that's what ends up happening. You know, it's like, we sit there and it's like, well, who are you today? Who are you showing up as today? What are you going to try today? And the other person knows, or all the other people know that we're all there as humans and not as professionals and not as like, you know, we're trying to be better than anything, or we're trying to be the best at it. It's just like, we're just trying to make sure that we feel the connection. Yeah. And, and creating a, I I feel that when we, those of us who are in the intuitive realm, if you don't have others of like mind around you that are kind of not even supportive, but even just witnessing and understanding your process, you can feel a little bit like doolally, like almost like, is this true or am I making this up? Like, it's really cool to have somebody else validate what you're doing and the messages you're getting and the feelings you're getting and however you connect to spirit with all the clairs, you know, mm-hmm. it's to have that support in that process is, is valuable. And I think mm-hmm. that the more people connect to that in a way of like this type of group, the more people are going to come out of it with a more confident way of being within themselves and their intuition mm-hmm. and how to use it. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly but, what's happening. I mean, it took me years, yeah. <laughs> years. I'm like, I felt like I'm on an island in my own intuitive yeah. self, like yeah. trying to navigate this world of hearing things and talking to angels and like healing and like all that stuff. And I'm just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. But had I had that type of group in the beginning, I really think that I would have found my rhythm and my confidence quicker mm-hmm. and in a more wholesome way than just winging it like I did and not that that was wrong or bad but you know there again it's all divine timing too because right right we have our own level of healing we're doing too at the same time because that's how it works (laughs) right like we can't even show up in that space wholly unless we feel whole you know and I felt like um you know part of what even brought me to do that was um that my that's that's what happened with my friend Holly she got interested and she signed up for these like metaphysical groups that circles um, that met once a week. And she felt super weird about it at first. And that's exactly what she did. She showed up and they were welcoming and they were like, just tell us what you see or tell us what you hear, you know, whatever it is, don't worry about it. You know, like it, it was so open for her to be able to explore that and just then, like you said, get the validation, right? Because there'll be somebody that's like, oh, that resonates. Absolutely. And it's stuff that she would have no way of knowing. And I remember having, like I'd talk to her once a week. I would remember having those conversations where she'd be like, it's crazy. Like, you know, like I saw the house number and I saw the house and all that kind of stuff. And she's like, I don't know these people. And I was like, that's so beautiful and amazing. And I think when I was thinking like, well, how do I find that? And I like, mostly for me it needed to be virtual because I'm like oh my god like the amount of money for babysitters these days <laughs> but I was like how do I find that because I remember the value that that had for her and how comfortable she felt stepping into that space because she had people around her it wasn't just you know her by herself she could step into those spaces with those people and um yeah that's what ends up happening people show up and they're like I don't know if this makes sense and it's like don't it makes sense. It'll make sense to somebody at some point. Just like, let's get, get, get what you get. And yeah, it's been, it's been super cool and, you know, really good for me. You know, I really think that what you said is true is that, that when, when you're teaching or when you're opening up a space for somebody, it opens up a new level for you as well. Yeah. And that definitely, definitely has happened. Absolutely. And, you know, and it's funny, as you were talking, I'm like, oh, yeah, I just experienced that, you know, I with the sea grapes, babes, and Mm -hmm. and like, you know, in the community, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I was so (laughs) sick to get there. But once I got there, it was like, oh, all you people are like me. I'm like, really? I was like, oh, right. Oh, (laughs) right. Yeah, like, wow, this is easy to be here, you know, and you kind of just kind of look around like, it, it, it's like 
abnormal to feel that comfortable, but also feels normal. And you're just like, this is an interesting moment for me right now. (laughs) Community, community. You know, we talk about it a lot in this podcast, having community, but how can we create community? Yeah. Well, and that kind of ties in with what we were talking about. It's funny how we found our way back to it because I was just like, let's let it roll. Like, I'm I'm so down with just letting it roll. Like we had that topic, but as we usually do, if we need to go astray, we go astray. But, you know, like, I I think that that community thing that you're talking about and those stepping into those spaces, like... (laughs) basically solves the problem of what we came here to talk yeah. about. Today. So we're going to give you the solution and then we're going to tell you the problem. We're so, going to Quentin Tarantino, the, the, the issue here. Before we get there, I want to ask Vanessa, please tell our listeners, where can they go to find these support groups that you run to be a part of them? Oh, okay. Yeah. You can find them on my website um, at vanessaperry.net. Um, and you know, you could always find me on Instagram, c.stars.psych and send me a DM or, um, send me an email at Vanessa Perry counselor dot, uh, at gmail.com. Okay. Other All right. So if you're interested, if you're, even if you're a seasoned spiritualist or you're a baby, you're just working on your intuition, you're just discovering it, please go check this out. I really, I, you're in good hands and I absolutely know that you will find so much comfort in being with a group. And even if it's one of the other groups she runs, whether you're a mom or you've had infertility issues, um, you know, whatever scope, wherever you're at in, in, in your life or whatever support you need, go check out Vanessa's website. I'm sure there's something there for you. And even if you need Vanessa's support, just reach out to her and she may find a place for you or some avenue of help for you. Thank you. So today, let's go back to the topic. I I have to highlight these things because I think that they're beautiful and I think more people need to know it. What better place than our podcast to share it, right? True story. So, um, today, we are going to talk about what a question that I went for a hypnotherapy session. And one of the questions on our questionnaire is, like, what do you feel you'll be losing if you heal? I was like, say what? I was like, oh, I never considered that thing. That avenue. Pain, obviously. Right. It's like, uh. So, so, and, but that, I think that that's a valid question. Yeah. Because when we're in that space of healing, it's, we don't necessarily realize that healing is also sometimes about change. Mm -hmm. It's about changing how we talk to ourselves changing how we live our lives, changing our thought processes. It's, it's a little bit about change and it's a little bit about getting out of our comfort space of the trauma that we live in. I I know it's hard to believe, but (laughs) when we're in trauma, even though we want to be free from it, there's a comfortability of the devil, you know? Yeah. So when we're, when we're, even if we're out of the situation, but we're still living our lens through our trauma lens, it's, we're afraid of stepping out of that space because there's so much unknown. And if you've had trauma, the worst thing and the worst place for you to be is in the unknown. Yeah. Your trauma responses are built off of, I need to do this to ensure I don't get hurt or to ensure that this doesn't happen. It's like, you know, living with an alcoholic parent. If if I'm a good girl, or if I'm quiet, or if I go hide when dad comes home, and I don't make any noise, he'll be okay. And he won't beat up mom, or he won't beat us up. Like, we create these safety systems where we're keeping ourselves safe. Mm-hmm. To step outside of that, into spaces where we don't know that we're safe or not, or know how to handle is a direct threat to our well-being in in our brain's mind when all of this is filtered through that lens of that that trauma in our brain it's not through our heart it's through our brain because our brain's job is keeping us safe fight or flight you know that sense of like is this dangerous <laughs> it's it's why Yes, yeah. no. We've got a split second to do this. <laughs> right. It's really the principle of why people stay in their trauma. Because 
it's so frightening and threatening to step outside of it into healing. Yeah. Well, I mean, the devil, you know, it's funny because people don't, it's hard. Like there's different wordings, right? Like, and, and as soon as we hear something that's uncomfortable, where it's like we shut off from it. Right. So like when somebody says you're comfortable in your trauma, people are like, absolutely. I'm not like, how dare you say that? How could you say that? I'm clearly suffering. And it's like, okay, comfortable is the word that's freaking you out. <laughs> Right. Like comfort to you means goodness. And you're no, that's not what, that's not what I'm saying at all is that you love your trauma. What we're saying is that, you know, your trauma, you understand, or you feel like you understand your trauma. Your brain feels like it knows how to operate under that circumstance. And that feels like safety. You know, the devil, you know, is we know how to handle this, this, we know how to handle and everything else that doesn't look like this we don't know how to handle yet. And that becomes scary because this was painful at first when, before I learned how quote unquote learned how to handle this. Right. And we don't want that kind of pain ever again. So let's be super safe and just stay, stick to what, you know. Yeah. hundred percent. Thank you for clarifying that. Cause yeah, no, it's, I hear it all the time, right? Because people are like, that is not it. And I'm like, okay, let me, like, I have to be a wordsmith, you know, to be like, I'm sorry that I triggered you with that word, but I need you to understand the concept. Yep. (laughs) And, you know, and if you think about it, when we start to heal, when the first thing we have to do when we are on this healing journey, whether you're doing it with a therapist, whether you're doing it with, you know, a spiritualist, whatever, however you're walking down your healing path, you switch, you go from looking at the world through the lens of your, your head and you get into your heart, you get into what's there, the yearning to be free, the pain, the yearning to be away from the pain. That's when that process starts. That's when you are healing. But at times, the and, and I think this is also the reason why it took me a great deal of time to learn some things about my own trauma was because my brain was so acute at keeping me safe that when I engaged my heart, it would so sabotage that relationship because there was a lot of trauma that it was suffering through, but it was like, yeah, but if we stay fat and if we stay removed from public and we treat ourselves like garbage, we're okay because if we hurt us, no one else can hurt us because we've already hurt ourselves. And it's, and it was like, but my heart was like, but I don't want to hurt myself no more. It's like, this isn't good. It isn't healthy. Look at us. We're, we manifested a chronic illness because of what we're doing. I don't want this. And it does take a modicum of conscious decision to say, okay, there's a lot going on up here and I need help. And whether that's through, talk therapy, whether it's through hypnosis, whatever avenue it's through, it was, it's necessary. There's a process in it. So when you think about the question, what are you losing? If you, when you, when you are healing, what gives you the biggest fear of not having in your life at this moment? Like, whether it's a thought process, whether it's a, it's a, it's, um, it's habits. What is it? What is it? If you didn't have it tomorrow, would you fear losing the most? Because that's part of why we kind of may not go fully all in on the healing process because it does, it affects us. Yeah. And I think we, when we, again, like thinking of the words, we think of healing and change. And whatever that word change means to you, it could mean something like a lot, big, too much, you know, and I, and a lot of people are afraid of losing people when they heal a lot of people, because they, I think some of us even have the ability to recall people that we've lost because they went into a different direction and we lost connection with them. And so that creates a little bit of trauma of alienation, of abandonment, of, you know, things like that, of like, you know, feeling like you're leaving people behind or treating them differently. Or, you know, I mean, I know for me, there was a lot of, you know, 
when I was going to school, even the first time. And then when I went back for my master's degree of that, like, well, you're going to become, you know, this big wig type person, even though, I mean, I can't, I don't have the capacity for that, but like, you're <laughs> going to, you're going to outgrow me. Basically. There were people that believed that there was going to be an outgrowth that would happen. And I think a lot of us have that on the inside too, you know, yeah. um, spiritual paths, like, let's go ahead and talk about what I thought, like what I thought of people on a spiritual path. I was like, I cannot even look over there because I do not want to be one of those people, quote unquote, because I would look around at the people around me and I would say that person doesn't fit here. That kind of person doesn't fit with all these people that I love and all these people that love me. And if I change into one of those people, I'm going to lose all of these people around me. I'm going to feel alone and I'm going to feel misunderstood and it's going to feel completely weird. And I think a lot of people go through that of like what and not knowing what's on the other side of it adds on to it. Right. Like, so, okay. So I'll alienate these people over here. What's going to happen over here. I can't be guaranteed the way that I'm guaranteed these friends. They're already here. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and I think too, is, is that you have to, and here's something in your subconscious that you may not realize is there, but the people that you have now affirm your belief systems and your trauma. And they affirm all the things that you're doing to sabotage yourself Mm -hmm. and all the things that your brain does to keep you small. And so whatever it is you're trying to shift out of, meaning you want to, you know, have a better relationship with your body or have a better relationship with, you know, your world or yourself or whatever you're seeking, understand that the loss of their support is going to be huge because they're you're changing your narrative. And so sometimes we subconsciously feel fear losing that enableism of them enabling our playing small. Like, yeah, you're right. You know, they, in some ways they confirm that we need to play small or that, you know, they do it too. So it's like misery loves company type of situation. (laughs) Or what feels like total acceptance. Yep. Right. Like of like, these people know me, accept me, love me with my trauma, with my doubts, with my fears, you know, and, and that becomes a, uh, um, and it's unfair. Like I will say this, it's an unfair thing that we now place on these relationships as existing because you know, what ends up truly happening when you change and evolve is that many, and I, I'm going to say many, because I feel like when you've made deep, good connections with people, Many of those people love your soul without you even knowing <laughs> your soul, right? So they're maybe not going to understand you, but they're still going to love you and they're still going to support you. And they're going to do the thing of like, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about, but I see that you're happy and that's all that matters, you know, and that, that, that does truly happen for a lot of people, but it's not a guarantee. And that's where it comes from. Of like, But I'm guaranteed my acceptance right now. I am guaranteed that in this friend group or in this family that I can show up as what feels like the authentic me of now, right? Because it is when I'm operating from my trauma, that's an authentic me. I'm authentically traumatized. So here I am. It's it's your truth of that moment. Yeah. And they love me and accept me. So who am I to, to, you know, change all that? Yeah. Like, well, you, you will, you will see that, that. The, the result of that but it is hard I mean it's hard for people because it's not always easy there's friction you know there are those people that do end up having to drop off because you do see like wow I'm happier and you're not happy for me yeah that sucks and and to be honest sometimes your healing creates stark reality into the their own pain their own suffering and where they're stuck and where they're not happy and you shifting and you be finding happiness and joy it to them. It's like this, they, it, they almost get defensive, not everybody, but some people will get defensive and because they'll feel like, well, fine, you want to be happy, but yet I'm over here miserable. How dare you leave me? You know, blah, blah. you know, it's that sense of 
you know, your, your example is like a stark contrast to their, their unhappiness. Yeah, absolutely. That happens too. Right. Absolutely. And they want you to be like them, you know, because you were, they want you to stay. Yeah. Like they want you to stay the you that makes them feel good. Yeah. Doesn't make them feel like they're weird or awful or whatever, whatever that thing is. Right. Like when we say misery loves, loves company, trauma loves company too. That's why trauma bonds are so common because, (laughs) because we really, really enjoy likeness. (laughs) and likeness is misery and likeness is happiness and i mean like attracts like right and 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 thrives in like but it's not always a positive thrive it's it's sometimes that negative right like I, i mean i can say personally for me like i i didn't notice how much growth i shouldn't say i didn't notice i did notice that i had grown but i guess i didn't see the depth of it until i spent the summer in new jersey and I was like, oh my God, like I could see like my old ways of thinking, like coming around and being like, I am so detached from that. And like having conversations with people and feeling detached because it's like, I don't want to participate in that conversation anymore. And I know I did. And that, I mean, and I know that you're used to talking to me about that. That's why we're talking about it. You're not intentionally like, who do you think you are? I'm going to bring you back into the space. (laughs) Yeah. None of these people are doing that. They love me, but just being like, oh, 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 over and over. It was like a lot of those spaces of like, wow, my expansion and my understanding of the world has really opened up so that some of this narrow stuff that I'm talking about, or that is being talked about with me and I won't participate in it anymore. Oh my gosh. And, you know, for me, it's uh, for, with a couple people, it was uncomfortable, you know, before I was facing the like, oh no, like I'm going to lose, like, this is the end, right? Like I doom and gloomed the whole thing this is the end of our friendship. I guess that's done like <laughs> because we're so far apart now, you know, uh, but you know, for some people it was just like, okay, I'm just going to have to retrain them that I'm not going to talk about that stuff anymore. Like, yeah lack of mindset. I don't like to talk about being broke and I don't like to talk about how poor this and that is. And I don't like to talk about how I don't have money and I don't like, like, I, I don't, I, the energy of it was making me nuts, you know? And, and the same thing with like, kind of talking about people that are making choices and being like, just not really feeling like talking about people and their choices in a negative way. Right. And I, really saw the difference in that and being like okay but at the same time again like none of these people were like who who are you (laughs) they weren't like get out of here you're not my friend anymore they were just kind of like okay I mean you've changed you're still you we still love you you're still you know we'll talk about other stuff like it's not not the end of the world that you don't want to have that conversation but you know, it's, it is scary on the other side of that to think about what might happen. Yeah. Yep. It is. Um, and it's also scary when, you know, you don't know how to navigate letting people know the journey you're on. Like one of our previous episodes, I think it was one Oh something, one Oh two or one Oh one. We were talking about codependency and my friendships were very codependent, but that didn't, mean that I didn't love these people very much. I mean, mm-hmm. one of, I think I talked about one of the relationships that I mourn is the loss of my friend, Amy is because, you know, when I started healing in this spiritual journey, I did feel like a ghost at her and she mentioned it many times. And I tried my best to explain that I was on my journey. Like I was on a different journey. Like I wanted to be happy and heal the stuff inside of me. And really pay attention to what was happening uh, to me. And, but I don't know that it, it read and I don't know that it translated into her life in a way that she felt comfortable continuing the the friendship. And that makes me super sad because even to this day, I, I I think that's the one friendship I mourn the most because we were so close and, but it wasn't that we didn't try to make it work, but at the same time, I just, she was on her path. I was on mine and they did line up at that mm-hmm. point. And uh, yeah, 
So, and, and, you know, and it's funny because even my, I, this brings it to mind an issue that I have three stepchildren from my previous marriage. And one of them, we're really close. We were, and, you know, there was a situation where I wasn't demanding that I be as important in his life as he is in mine. And I gave a lot. I I was continuously giving and giving and giving and giving. And I never felt like it mattered to him how well I was. Now, in hindsight, now that I can see it from a very clear vantage point, I saw that he was in his own trauma space and crisis and he didn't have the bandwidth even to ask how I was. But at the same time, I didn't ask for that. So I became the people pleaser. And when I did demand time for myself post-surgery he got very angry that I wasn't available for him 24 7 we just recently reconnected again and um had a conversation and I said and we talked about it so a lot of things can happen it's all in how we work through the fallout and it's not to say that he was he maliciously stopped talking to me or that I stopped talking to him my friend Amy, it wasn't like we maliciously stopped, like there was a vendetta, so to speak. Right. It just, it naturally followed the progression of when you're looking at healing and at wellness, the people that don't, the, the the energy, not the people, the energy that doesn't support your wellness will begin to fall away. Yeah. And yeah. that's the process. That's how it works. And you know, when you're working on changing your vibration to healing and being happy and to reaching for that joy, despite what you're working through internally, your vibration's shifting and those people aren't connecting with that vibration any longer. Now, that doesn't mean that later on you can't have conversation about it. It doesn't mean that it's all is for naught. I mean, I spent the last time I talked to my son was in 2019 and now in 2021 two years later we have reconnected we both needed to work shit out in our lives in that mm-hmm. moment so that we were able to come back together and we were able to talk and have a conversation of equity and about because yes i played the the stepmom role but we're two adults now and and i'm technically not his mom like yeah. his dad but yeah. I also needed to set the expectations of our relationship. And that's part of the process too, is Mm -hmm. redefining relationships. Like you were saying, letting them know that's not part of the conversation you want to talk about anymore because it's not where you're at or whatever. That's, you know, that's part of the healing process. Yeah. And it's a scary part of it. I mean, even as you're saying it, like the Libra people pleaser in me is like, I hate it. Like (laughs) I hate, I hate having to have boundaries, you know, like I, it's almost like you're like, when you've committed to it, you're like, I just want to like start over from fresh. Like, (laughs) then I don't have to defend boundaries. I just put them up. Right. Like, and the new people will just know that that's how it goes. Like (laughs) I won't have to defend them. And because the defensive boundaries can be super uncomfortable for me as I can't like, even in those conversations, I maybe once was direct enough to be like, "Ah, I don't want to talk about that. Most of the time, I just either tried to steer the conversation another way, or I was very quiet or whatever, because I was like, oh my God, like, how am I going to do this? I don't know how to navigate just directly saying like, this conversation sucks because I don't want to make them feel bad. Right. Like, and again, I'm not trying to put that space in there, but I understand that that's why it's difficult, you know, like for people when they're making this change and being able to be like, I mean, people love when we have these conversations because they're like, well, what should I say? And I'm like, oh, I have a multitude (laughs) of ways to talk around stuff because I am super uncomfortable with conflict. So let me help you do some soft conflict (laughs) because I am, I have become extremely skilled at soft ways to be, you know, to be able to get out of the things that make you feel uncomfortable. In addition to being able to observe why you're uncomfortable and what's going on so that you can properly communicate that if you need to, you know, um, like 
for instance, when I was having conversations about homeschooling, there was a lot of people asking me questions that were validating my, or trying to validate my, my decision, qualifying my decision, you know, kind of grilling me a little bit and being like, I'm just doing what I feel like is right, you know, and being able to, to, to kind of not say, stop messing with me because it's not your kid, (laughs) which is what someone who's more more direct would say, you know, I would say things like, yeah, I mean, I know I'm not a teacher. And so I reach out for the things that, that I have a deficit in, you know, and I plan to do that going forward. She's only seven. So I feel like I've got some time to figure this out, you know, in those soft ways of not trying to create conflict with people, but getting my point across of like how I feel, you know, it's not all conflict. It's not all going up against the old you and your old friends, but it feels that way. Like, right. Like even when we were just talking about that, that's not how I think anymore. People are like, I don't want to have that conversation with people. I don't want to have, I don't want to put up a new boundary. I'll just suffer in silence. You won't. You won't suffer in silence. You'll either go back to that person or you'll turn avoidance and then you'll feel bad about what you did like with the avoidance. And it's, it's not an easy navigation, but it is easier when you have people. And that was like when we started, you know, at the beginning of like, we have the solution for you. I truly believe that the way out of this fear is connecting with community that thinks the way that you are turning in into or turning toward thinking because it balances it out pretty nicely. Absolutely. And the other thing is remember when, when you're in those situation, like Vanessa, you were just saying like, um, you know, that, that thought process of, you know, boundaries and having to create them, the, the issue and what's in our head is it's our mind trying to convince us to not heal. It's it's to convince us to not go into the uncharted territory. So when we're having an issue with part of that, it's, it's you know, we have to decipher. Is this because my brain's trying to prevent me from moving forward into the path that I'm on because it's scary? Or is this a core feeling or a core issue that I'm working through that I need to work through. And it's all of it will need to be worked through, but at a different space, there's different, you know, when I work through a core emotion or a belief system, I work through it through different avenues than when it's just my brain trying to convince me that the world is against me. You know, Mm -hmm. when we have that feeling that it's like, it's so hard and you're like, but you know, that's your brain trying to make something bigger than what it is making the mountain out of the molehill so that you don't want to do it right and out of safety right like for me the trauma of conflict makes me not want conflict if i had had great conflicts in my life where it was like and it sounds weird to say great conflict but you know when you have (laughs) conflict with people who are mature enough to handle it or who are in a good uh, mental space a conflict does not have to result in you know horrible things happening or being said or things like that but once you have that trauma you always again brain's job is to come in and be like don't make that happen that makes no sense we know that that sucks don't do that (laughs) right that person over there is a wild card so if you create conflict with them you don't know how they're going to react you don't know what they're going to do but you do know that if it's not positive it's going to hurt so let's just not Yeah, (laughs) like let's just not (laughs) right right and you can continue to grow but you know and I think that that's that's the thing about it is that for me like it's not that I just overnight felt this way it took some time to be able to be comfortable enough with the idea of that being being faced with that I've been on this journey you know for years I've I've been moving along for years and it's not like this is the first time that these things came up in my face. It was just the first time that I was so far along in the process that it like hit my energy field too hard, you know, and, and it pushed me to be able to be like, well, now you have to <laughs> like, like, cause you are so uncomfortable not having that like happen, like not putting that boundary that now you need it or else you can't survive in this, this space right now. 
you know, and I think there's something to be said for that too, of just allowing yourself to be on that process, allowing yourself to be on the journey of like, okay, it doesn't mean that today, you know, on, on Sunday, I've decided that this is my boundary. And now tomorrow on Monday, I'm going to go have conflict with everybody about it <laughs> because I have created it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of just like go into it and flow into it and, and feel your way through it. And, you know, if you don't feel like you're, you need to be direct, just allowing the awareness to, to come in so that you can go process it later, that can be enough. You know, that's been enough for me for like, and with some of my friendships, like a year, you know, just kind of sitting with it and being like in the knowledge that I was going to have to shift them in one way or another, but not feeling comfortable enough that, you know, I had to convince brain that we were safe. I had to convince brain that the risk and reward is skewed in my, is skewed in my brain at this time. And that the actual reward of the release is worth it. You know, and as there were a couple people that just, I mean, they had to go, they were energy vampires. They were sucking the soul out of me on a daily basis because they weren't working on themselves. And the relief I felt, I felt sad at first, but the relief I felt without that energy every day proved to me that it was worth it because I was like, well, now you've opened up another space for you to be able to see yourself and see your own life and not always be in somebody else's life because they always need you because they're always in conflict because they're always upset, you know, like you, yeah, these things are necessary for some of these people and you will feel better, not worse. It's a temporary worse. Yep. hundred percent. And when we talk about community and how that solves most of that, you know, how it helps solve it. The community doesn't have to be exactly of your mindset. It can be people that are on their own journey. It can be people that are just working out their own stuff. But when you have people that will support your process, whatever that process is, is sometimes it's vital. I mean, I didn't realize I'm, this is coming from people like me and Vanessa who are professional independent people. (laughs) We've lived our lives so solo and so excluded Mm -hmm. and so on our own island of supporting, like doing it ourselves because not being able to either trust or that it was just, well, however that appeared in our lives, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) to going to realizing how important having people of the same ilk or a similar journey or even just on a journey, like around us. And because there's a level of support and a level of understanding that each of us have about the perils of the journey and about, you know, what you may encounter and the hardships. And when you can say in a group or in a conversation with a friend to say, oh my God, it's like, I feel so afraid of losing all my friends and them to say, yeah, I was afraid too. But when I realized how unsupportive I was being like I I wasn't being supported by those people in my wellness I thought that they loved me for all parts of me but they only loved me when I was in trauma and not Mm. in my wellness so yeah there are some people that are always going to be there for you regardless of where you're at but there are going to be people that were just there to like Vanessa said energy vampires that are just there to 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 take from you and to use your trauma or your space and your energy as a way to validate their own and to make them feel comforted. Yeah. Subconsciously, subconsciously, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not saying people go around looking for people that are broken to be friends with. I mean, those are called serial killers. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) So sociopaths and psychopaths are, but (laughs) (laughs) normal. Yeah. On a regular basis. We're not running into as many of those. (laughs) So yeah. How can you find community? You, you find community in finding groups like Vanessa, like Facebook. There's a, there's a ton of groups that's that support all types of things. You find people locally. If you have a therapist as part of your support group, if you have, um, I ended up creating this little trifecta of 
uh, of how people to support me. Like I have my, I have my friends and I have my therapist, but I also had a massage therapist who was also an energy worker. So she was like a two in one type of deal. So they supported different parts of my journey in different ways. And when I was like part of a group of people that worked with angels, worked with their spirits, worked with intuition, worked with whatever, it was like, oh, no, I don't do it the same as they do it. They're purely working with spirit. I like to mix a little bit of the little psychology that I know in with my work because I feel it's important to tie in how we work as humans with our spirituality. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the, it's my thing. It's like, it's what I do. And I, there's a lot of other people that do it. And, you know, and here we are, Vanessa. She's one of them. She works with her own spirituality through her lens of, you know, knowing, having understanding of psychology and, mm-hmm. you know, in her process. But so there will always be people that kind of connect with you of that vibration that naturally will gravitate towards you. You will discover them along the way. Mm-hmm. And each person along the way that you meet that supports you will be one of those people that it may not be like a BFF situation, but it'll be a situation where you can move away and contact that person and get right back into the conversation that you had. Like it's that type of relationship where you're connected at all in, in all time space continuums. Like it doesn't matter if you're living in the same state. It doesn't matter if you're living in the same place or wherever, or that you talk to each other a lot. You can still like, as soon as you start talking to them, it's like you didn't, miss a month or three months or whatever. And there's a sense of connectivity and support that arrives in the present where you're at in the present yeah. versus hanging on to stuff that in the past they're, they're celebrating you in the present and the, where you're at in this moment. And that is sometimes vital because we change day to day. We're different people moment to moment. We're different people hour to hour, even sometimes So, I mean, on a Friday, I'm three different people. I'm the work week me getting up on Friday morning. I have therapy midday. I have me in therapy and a different person after therapy, whole new person, whole new vibration. So, you know, we change so quickly. And the great part about having those friends that do support and that are supportive of you will allow you to be who you are in every moment and embrace that. And they're out there. Because if Miss Independent Me can find friends like that and can (laughs) have support from friends like that and actively receive support from friends like this, Mm. anybody can do it. I am, I am one of the people that I have the hardest time making friends. I do because I don't, I can't like walk up to somebody and start talking. That's not me. That's, that's not me at all. But I have created so many deep and loving friendships, support systems that have aided me on my journey. That if I can do that and receive that, honey, y'all got it. You can do it and receive it and support it. And we do it. Yeah. We do it on a regular basis. And that's the thing about it is that like we, we, it's like in this society, for some reason, we pick and choose certain things that are weird, right? Like, and then other stuff is totally normal. Like when you have a kid and you start to have friends that have kids because like your kid needs somebody to play with. That's a normal change. That means that that friends that don't have kids don't see you quite as much, right? That's okay though. We're allowed to do that. Uh, when I change jobs and I and the people that I saw every single day at the other job, we kind of lose touch. That's okay because now I have new friends at the new job because I'm there every day. <laughs> You know, like when I get married and I start to hang out with couples and, and I've got new couples friends, that's okay too. Like we do this on a regular basis. The problem is there's just certain things that feel like they're a choice that you make, um, even in a different way. Cause all of those things are choices too, but there's just certain things that like in our society, for some reason we have deemed like the bad kind of change or like the mean kind of change, <laughs> like the kind that you're is like intentionally alienating people. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, it, it's like if, if people were to have witnessed the process of me um, leaving a friendship that I did recently, they would be like, you did what? 
Yeah. Weren't you guys friends? Yeah, we were. We were. But I chose different because of how I was feeling and because of the dynamic of the friendship. It wasn't right. it wasn't it wasn't supporting me in my wellness. I was actively unwell in this friendship. And I needed to make a decision. It was either me or the friendship. And I'm like, I choose me. <laughs> yeah, right. You have to. You have to, because it yeah. is your life. At the end at the end of the day, it is our life. And living it for the pain of others is not is not the way to do it. You know, it's, it's, it's easy to be sucked into that. It's easy to be talked into that. It's easy when you become that person for somebody, when you become the rock for somebody and you are a heart centered person, it is really difficult to leave that person in the lurch, right? Like you definitely feel like it's like, good luck. I'm climbing out of the ditch and you're going to stay in here. And man, I hope there's not a flood. Like that's exactly how I felt. I felt like I was, I felt like I left that person at the witching hour, like I was just out and I'm like, okay, you just, but, but there's always a thing, you know? And I think that that's the thing is that like, when we're doing this kind of stuff, it, um, and it does help, like when you talk about community and having a professional that of some sort helping you do that, it's really important because that person is a mostly neutral party. They're there to help you, right? Like, which makes it a little skewed towards you, but their neutrality means that like your choices don't affect their life negatively or positively. They just exist in that space. So when you can find those kind of people so that you can bounce this stuff off of them so that you can be able to explore like, hey, what is going on with this relationship? You get to go through the process of letting go of it in a way that makes you feel ready. You know, like when I have people come to me and they're in a very bad relationship and I know it and they know it. And we're just like talking about it every week for four weeks. I'm not in the space of, well, stop. And I use, I'm going to say this, I used to be in this space, stop bitching about it or do something, you know, like you, you, you can't constantly do that. But what I have learned from my own evolution is like, when you're ready, you'll be ready, but you have to get ready. And so that means you have to go through the process. You have to go through all the emotional stuff. You need to be able to talk about it. You need to be able to get to a space where, you know, like I was talking about before, where you're like so uncomfortable with the norm that you're like, well, now I'm done with this. Like, I mean, I feel it in my whole totality. I can't do this anymore. And then you, you do, you know, it's not that it's a perfect process and you just, you know, walk away and toss it over your shoulder and be like, good luck. You know, there's still some pain, but you don't feel that intense need to turn back. You don't feel that intense need to be like, it is my obligation to tie myself to this person or this situation for the rest of my life. You feel like, okay, I'm ready. And that helps you find those people. You know, when you talk about community, I, I mean, I, I've always believed in community. I have, I have multiple, right? Like I have like, like my band friends who like, we would go out and see local bands and stuff like that. And then I had like my hockey friends who were like, like my hockey community, which is a totally, you know, a whole other thing, you know, like you have, I have these like little communities, but there's something to be said for that one, that one that I just rediscovered was so important in my life. The ones that when I showed up last night, they just gave me a big hug and said, I'm glad you're home. They didn't care that I didn't do anything over the summer. They didn't care that I withdrew a little bit before I left because I was super sad. They didn't, they, they just don't, they don't be like, well, when's the last time I saw you? Or when's the last time you reached out? They're just happy to see me and they want to see me and they want to support me and they, and we support each other because of our existence, because of our knowledge that we are good people trying so hard to have a good life. And that is so important. I, and I almost forgot <laughs> until it was like, I, I hooked back in emotionally and I was like, I miss my people. And then it was like, they started flooding in. Right. And it was like a, an overwhelming feeling of love and acceptance and non-judgment and just excitement. And it was like, Oh my God, like, I'm not getting any of that stuff that I was combating of questioning me and questioning my motives and questioning why I'm doing things and asking me why I would, you know, well, what's that about, you know, or, or, or trying to 
instill fear. Like, are you sure you really want to do that? I don't get that there. And that's, that's that community that helps me grow because they'll offer me alternatives if they see one, but it's not tied to anything. It's like you, you do you, I'm here for you no matter what. Well, there's a sense of respect and trust that you have the knowledge that you need to live your life the way you want to live it. And if you need help, they're expecting if that, if you in some point do need help, you will ask them, Hey, do you have any ideas about this? Mm-hmm. That's what I think when, when I, when I realize sometimes that's why I stopped giving unsolicited advice was because I realized that in energetically, it says to them, I don't trust that you have the answers. But then again, that's how I created codependent relationships was because I gave unsolicited advice because they were seeking it. They wanted me to give, tell them what to do to live their life. And that's not who I want to be. So I will listen and hold space and, and, and support and, and be like, you've got this. And if they're like, can you help me? And I'll be like, absolutely. What is it you need? Or I will even say sometimes when I get a hit from the angels that that person may, I said, um, can, do you have space to hear some things that I I would like to share? Or I'll say to them, Hey, if you need a healing, if you want just some good energy, I'm here for you, but I'm also here for you in this space to create this space for you. Like yeah. offering it to them, not in a way that's slimy and like, this will heal you, but in a way of, if you need some quiet time and some goodness, I, I have that for you, but I also have this space for you. And yeah. It's like this sense of like, you got this girl, we support you in your decisions and your autonomy in life to make the decision that's right for you and your family. And that is the ultimate, the ultimate respect. And I feel that the more that we can do that for people, the more people can feel free and not judged. And the more people are willing to take bigger risks and to be into their own happiness and joy in life. So, you know, community, it's an important thing. And I encourage you all to find yours. And remember, Vanessa has some online communities. So if you fit one of those and you feel that you could use some support in that area, go check her website, vanessaperry.net, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And um, see if one of those groups fit what your needs are. If not, reach out to us. Maybe we know of some other group in your area or even online that could help. I'm part of the MeWe Network, which is a group of intuitive and spiritual people who have so many different skills from animal communication to medical intuition to whomever. And I'm part of that network as well. So there are a lot of resources to find community, to find help, to find answers. Um, Reach out to us if you need it, but definitely check out Vanessa's website for hers. And we thank you for listening. We thank you for being here, for allowing us to share our knowledge and our deep heart with you so that you are not afraid to step into your journey, that you know that you will be supported by the universe and all levels, both in the physical and in the ethereal. Um, And if, like I said, if you have questions, please reach out to us, freudsangels at gmail.com or on Instagram and Facebook. And also... I'm trying to think of when this one's going to come out. It's <laughs> like, should I tell them about the the live on the, on, I don't know if this I one mean, worst case time. scenario. It already happened. I don't know. Yeah. So if you're around on the 30th of October at, uh, what is it? 4 PM East Pacific, 7 PM Eastern time. We will be going live on Facebook and trying to go live on Instagram at the same time. This should be fun. Um, and we're going to be doing our, you know, our Halloween get together. We're going to dress up. We're going to, you know, be, do have some fun, pull some cards, do some readings, just bring in the, the, the energy of Halloween and, and just have fun. So join us. You'll see some postings. I'm sure if this comes out after, I hope you joined us. I hope you had fun. <laughs> Join us next time. (laughs) It's what happens when you're not sure your dates and what's happening. Time isn't real. (laughs) For real today. (laughs) We love you so freaking much that it's, uh, yeah, it bursts from our hearts and into yours. So we love you guys and we'll see you next week. Yes, love y'all. 
If you were triggered by anything said in this podcast, please dial 911 or go to your local emergency room. More deeply understand your unique emotional reaction to today's podcast, I'd love for you to connect with me. You can find me at Vanessa Perry Counselor at gmail.com or at www.vanessaperry.net. And if you wish to take your healing further through energy work or channeling angels or the highest level beings, please reach out to me, Grace, at graceevergreen.com or graceevergreen at outlook.com. And always remember you are loved, you are worthy, and the world needs your light.